Edwards Coral and I'm absolutely delighted and privileged to be reading another um, short story out of Chicken Soup for the Soul. My one today is Big Ed. When I arrived in the city to present a seminar on tough-minded management, a small group of people took me to dinner to brief me on the people I would talk to the next day. The obvious leader of the group was Big Ed, a large, burly man with a deep, rumbling voice. At dinner, he informed me that he was a troubleshooter for a huge international organisation. His job was to go into certain divisions or subsidiaries to terminate the employment of the executive in charge. Joe, he said, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow because all of the guys need to listen to a tough guy like you. They're going to find out my style is the right one. He grinned and winked. I smiled. I knew the next day was going to be different from what he was anticipating. The next day he sat impassively all through the seminar and left at the end without saying anything to me. Three years later, I returned to that city to present another management seminar to approximately the same group. Big Ed was there again. At about 10 o'clock, he suddenly stood up and asked loudly, Joe, can I say something to these people? I grinned and said, sure. When anybody is as big as you are, Ed, he can say anything he wants. Big Ed went on to say, All of you guys know me and some of you know what's happened to me. I want to share it. However, with all of you, Joe, I think you'll appreciate it by the time I've finished. When I heard you suggest that each of us, in order to become really tough-minded, needed to learn to tell those closest to us that we really loved them, I thought it was a bunch of old sentimental garbage. I wondered what in the world that had to do with being tough. You had said toughness is like leather and hardness is like granite. That the tough mind is open, resilient, disciplined and tenacious. I couldn't see what love had to do with it. That night, as I sat across the living room from my wife, Your words were still bugging me. What kind of courage would it take to tell your wife I loved her? Couldn't anybody do it? You had also said this should be in the daylight and not in the bedroom. I found myself clearing my throat and starting and then stopping. My wife looked up and asked me what I had said and I answered. Oh, nothing. Then suddenly... I got up, walked across the room, nervously pushed her newspaper aside and said, Alice, I love you. For a moment she looked startled, then the tears came to her eyes and she said softly, Ed, I love you too. But this is the first time in 25 years you've said it like that. We talked a while about how love, if there's enough of it, can dissolve all kinds of tensions and suddenly I decided on the spur of the moment to call my oldest son in New York 
we had never really communicated well. When I got him on the phone, I blurted out, Son, you're liable to think I'm drunk, but I'm not. I just thought I'd call and tell you I love you. There was a pause at his end, and then I heard him say quietly, Dad, I guess I've always known that, but it's sure good to hear. I want you to know I love you too. We had a good chat, and then I called my youngest son in San Francisco. We had been closer. I told him the same thing, and this too led to a real fine talk like we'd never really had. As I lay in bed that night thinking, I realised that all the things you talked about that day, real management, nuts and bolts, took on extra meaning and I could get a handle on how to apply them if I really understood and practiced tough-minded love. I began to read books on the subject. Sure enough, Joe, a lot of great people had a lot to say, and I began to realise the enormous practicality of applied love in my life, both at home and at work. As some of you guys here know, I really changed the way I work with people. I began to listen more and to really hear. I learned what it was like to try to get to know people's strengths rather than dwelling on their weaknesses. I began to discover the real pleasure of helping build their confidence. Maybe the most important thing of all was I really began to understand that an excellent way to show love and respect for people was to expect them to use their strengths to meet objectives we had worked out together. Joe, this is my way of saying thanks. Incidentally, talk about practical. I'm now executive vice president of the company and they call me a pivotal leader. Okay, you guys, now listen to this guy. And that wonderful story was from Joe Batten. I can feel a lump in my throat the whole time that I'm reading this and my voice might sound a bit wobbly but I'm not going to do it again because I feel that it is good to know that love does make all of the difference. It really, really does. We can all behave because somebody has said something or done something to us. It doesn't stop us loving them. It's their behaviour that we're not very happy with. I think that that's a huge lesson for us all to learn, that we are love, we come from love, and being in love is the only way that we can survive anything on this planet. We hear things, we properly listen and hear what somebody's saying, and never forget that love is what keeps us going. It's the behaviour that we may feel rather uncomfortable with. I love you. And thank you, Dom, for yesterday's. And it was really, really close today that I didn't do my reading either and you'd probably have had to step in for me too. But thankfully, um, I've got it together. Have a lovely day, everyone, and I'll be back soon.